Heart takes, not hot takes. This is Everyone is Wrong, a counterintuitive pop culture podcast. I'm your host, Seth Sommerfeld. Thanks for listening, and thanks for uh, coming out, Tree Fort people. I have, you know, it's Sunday. I think people are a little exhausted and tired, so maybe if you get to sit for a little bit and, you know, hear about a movie that some people don't like, somebody does like, uh, we will have a good time. Um, for those who haven't, uh, are unfamiliar, quick explainer, um, most episodes I have a guest on defending something in pop culture, a movie, a band, an athlete, um, that's sort of derided by the critics, but, uh, and oftentimes the masses, but they come on and try and defend them in five points. So we've done everything from Star Wars prequels being better than Star Wars sequels, Matrix sequels, uh, Beatles musical, pro wrestlers, uh, Christmas specials, just sort of like everything uh, under the sun. Um, that's the basics. The episodes normally are like an hour and 15 minutes to two and a half hours, and we have about 45 minutes. So we've condensed it to like three points of defense. So we'll try and motor through this, but uh, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, my guest today is a member of a family band, is a boomer, but what is not a boomer, but was a sooner, and always remembers to tune in at the same bat time, same bat channel. He has hopped in his Batmobile and ventured to Tree Fort today to battle the hordes of generic baddies who continually beat down the 1997 Joel Schumacher blockbuster, Batman and Robin. We are talking about Batman and Robin here today, people. Uh, everyone is wrong, but Curtis from Skating Polly isn't. Thanks for coming on, Curtis. Hey, thanks for having me, Seth. Woo! Oh my gosh. If you're not familiar, uh, Skating Polly is an excellent band from the Pacific Northwest, uh, originally from Oklahoma, family band. You're in it with uh, your sister and your stepsister. Yep. Um, one of their albums, uh, the Make It All Show, is one of my favorite like Pacific Northwest rock records of the past like decade or so. It's really great. Check it out. And they also have a new album uh, coming out, a double album on June 23rd. What's that one called? Uh, it's called Chaos County Line. And yeah. And for those here... Uh, they're also still playing Tree Fort tonight. They're at 640 at the Hound Lot, the bus station. Uh, really great live band. Check them out. Um, so, yeah, let's get into the uh, thanks again for coming on. We haven't yeah. met, but we also have run into each other like, I want to say like a dozen times. Yeah, like yeah, we just like keep pr crossing paths in here. So uh, it's it's going to be a fun time, I yeah, think. Yeah, uh, in bad movie enthusiast. Oh, I extremely. I mean, like. There's like two or three different types of bad movies. There's like bad movies that are just un defend indefendable, like middle of the road, just boring. Then there's movies that are trying to be bad on purpose. And then there are movies that like kind of know they're bad, but don't care at all and just go 100% in that direction. And that's like what this is. It's like my favorite kind of thing in the world. Something completely just like pulling the ripcord, we're going to be corny. That's Yeah, and I mean, and like, soul. generally this podcast, we want people on that are like defending things that they like and not like, oh, this is so bad, it's good. Like, yeah. that's just not that fun. I don't like that. No, I like people who appreciate things, you know. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so let's get into the background of Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin is a 1997 superhero movie by Joel Schumacher. It stars George Clooney as Batman, Chris O'Donnell as Robin, Alicia Silverstone as Batgirl, Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze, and Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy. It's the fourth Batman film following the two Tim Burton ones, and then uh, Batman uh, Forever, which was also a Joel Schumacher one. And I guess it's technically a sequel to that, even though Chris O'Donnell's the only like carryover cast member. Yeah. And, and like, I guess, and Alfred. Alfred was Alfred's in like... all 
all four of, all them, four yeah. of those original ones. Kind of the heart and soul of the franchise right, right. there. And yeah. he kind of plays a big part in this one. Uh, yeah. The movie starts out with Batman and Robin fighting this new bad guy, Mr. Freeze, who's coming around. He has an ice ray, and he's sort of on a quest to steal diamonds because that powers his suit which keeps him cold because he was in like a scientific accident where now he's like frozen inside but also he's got a quote-unquote warm heart because he's doing this all to save his wife who has a genetic disease and is also in a state of being frozen um, um whenever i was watching this one with my, with my roommate we were we were watching it we'd both seen it you know big like uh, we were watching it and he's like mcgregor's syndrome and then I was like, we were sitting there for in silence, just watching the movie. He's like, "Oh, they made up a disease for this <laughs> for his wife." Yes. And so it's yeah, McGregor syndrome is, is not a real thing. Uh, don't worry. But it afflicts D- two characters in this. Literally, movie. don't ask your doctor about McGregor <laughs> yeah. syndrome. He's gonna be like, "That's made up." Yeah. <laughs> or if he's like, "That's uh, from Batman and Robin," you should probably get a new doctor. Oh my god. Um, so anyway, uh, Batman and Robin are fighting them. They're also having this like infighting battle throughout, where it's like Batman. Uh, does not respect me enough. I'm Robin, and I'm you're treating me like a kid. Why don't you trust me? So that's like a dynamic that plays out through the, the whole movie. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I don't want to jump on. Yeah, any we will, we'll, yeah, I'll yeah, just yeah, we'll yeah, get yeah, through yeah, the plot the, summary, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then we will dive deep. Um, and then on the other side of the world, uh, Pamela Isley is a plant botanist who's doing all this research to try and she's just like super eco. Plants are better than humans, kind of person. Um, you know, like dogs for a lot of people, except plants, um, not as good to pet. Um, anyway, uh, she has a crazy mad scientist, like boss guy who's like stealing her research to create this venom super serum, which is a bunch of things in Marvel that aren't in DC. (laughs) Um, and she basically, he creates Bane, the, um, not the one that talks like this, but, uh, kind of a silent Bane. Um, and then decides she's, he's like, so you want to like hook up? And she's like, no, you're like <laughs> evil mad scientist. So he just pours a bunch of chemicals on her and she like sinks into the ground and dies and immediately to reemerge as Poison Ivy, who's the uh, super villain with a bunch of uh, like she can control plants. He has pheromones to enchant men. And if she kisses you, her lips are poisonous. And she launches a plan. She ends up getting in, going to Gotham, and because it's a Wayne Enterprise-funded thing, again, almost all the things. It's same like the Marvel Universe. If, like, Tony Stark's not there, like, half the bad stuff doesn't happen. And if Wayne Enterprises isn't funding everything, then, ooh, the world would probably be a better place. Yeah, I mean... It's crazy the the amount of things that you like throughout the Batman. It's like weapons and like evil science that it's all Wayne Enterprises. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, <laughs> like I don't know. Maybe uh, we should be careful with who we're giving all our weapons to. Yeah, that has no real life corollaries. Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Batman and Robin are trying to stop them. Uh, Poison Ivy and Mr. Freeze kind of link up, and they have to tr- try and figure this out. Oh, and also, as we were saying, Alfred is dying with McGregor syndrome, and his niece, Alicia Silverstone, the future Batgirl, shows up and is like, I'm going to get you out of this life of like servitude that you hate. And he's like, nah, I'm cool. I'm like helping out Batman. Uh, here's... I, I'm, I'm giving you this disc that I think you're going to hack so that you can... I already yeah. have a Batgirl suit ready for you at, like, AI... Anyway. Oh well, well, anyway, 
that's the core of Batman and Robin. Nice and simple, huh? Um, the film hit theaters on June 20th, 1997, and was a hit making $238 million against a $150 million budget, but it was also the lowest grossing Batman film to date. So before we jump into the critics' thoughts on it, what was your personal experience with, like, experiences with this? Like, mine, I just remember, I didn't, I was young enough that I didn't, like, hate it like critics yeah. hate it. I was just like, and eh, that one wasn't as good. <laughs> All right, so I feel like, if I had to rank, this is probably the most rewatchable Batman movie for me. Like, if you're going to put even, on Batman, Even like the, even... Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Okay. I liked it more than the... the Dark Knight? Uh, I don't like it more than Dark Knight. Okay. Dark Knight's great. I liked it more than the Pattinson Batman. That's that, fair, I think. And that's, that's kind of what I'm judging it against, is that kind of, like, dark, over-the-top, like, we're all trying to be Frank Miller comic book style. Yeah, it's like Emo Batman. Yeah, Emo Batman, I'm all for. I'm all for it. I just... Have a little bit of a sense of humor, you know, right. like a little something. Give me a taste. But um, yeah, I was three months old when this movie came out, so that probably has yum, a lot yum. to do with my opinion of it. Like I <laughs> love this movie. It was uh, the Iron Giant, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and this all on repeat at my grandma's house on VHS. So that was big. <laughs> it's a wild, wild swing of movies right yeah. there. I'm gonna be honest, but uh, <laughs> I like a couple of them more than this one. But uh, <laughs> we'll get into that. Uh, so the Critics on this movie, people hate this movie, is a good way to put it. It sits at 12% on Rotten Tomatoes among critics and top critics, and also has an audience score of 17%, which is maybe the worst for me. No, I think Jaws 3D is actually the worst uh, movie we've done for this podcast in terms of those, but this is right up there. Um, the Austin Chronicles of Mark Savlov. Oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> Scripts are hard. Doing this live is difficult. Salon's Robert Doherty wrote, Holy creative breakdown, Batman. You won't find any writing, acting, or directing to speak of in Batman and Robin. The most sentimental of the Batman movies and the second directed by Schumacher. With George Clooney taking over the Bat Cape from Val Kilmer, the franchise may be safe. Lost beneath overproduced fight scenes, rubber nippled Clooney doesn't even have a chance to embarrass himself, much less at but the bat thrills are long gone. The Austin Chronicles of Mark Savlov opined, it's only an exercise in set design that Batman and Robin succeeds. Though it's all over the top, that's, that it's more an exercise in what not to do than anything else. Schumacher has chosen to light the film with outlandishly garish neons, brilliant blues and pinks, which unfortunately make this look more like a ridiculous Batman on ice escapade than anything else. It's all too much, too often, a smorgasbord of boredom and a cavalcade of crap. Uh, the Washington Post, Rita Kempley simply wrote, we have a surfeit of bats and the gano lies thick on the cave floor. Oh man. And uh, Roger Ebert, who normally likes all the movies we do on this, didn't even like this. He said, uh, Batman and Robin, like the first three films in the series, is wonderful to look at and has nothing authentic in its core. My prescription for the series remains unchanged. Scale down. We don't need to see $2 million on the screen every single minute. Give the foreground characters, not foreground the characters, not the special effects. And yeah, the only positive review that I could really find from a major outlet was from actually the New York Times. Janet Maslin wrote, uh, Poison Ivy captures the essence of Batman and Robin, a wild campy costume party of a movie. The first Batman to suggest that somewhere in Gotham City might be 
a Studio 54. Joel, Show, Joel Schumacher directed and ringmaster piles on flashy showmanship and keeps the film as big, bold, noisy, and mindlessly overwhelming as possible. So, Curtis, why is everyone wrong about Batman and Robin? Well, first off, sh shouts out to Janet Maslin, noted yeah. skating poly fan, actually. So, oh, really? Um, yeah, that's, that's surprising that she was so... Uh, we're in the same boat here. I would go so far as to say that this movie, yeah, like, it, it's the only thing that really holds it back, I think, is Chris O'Donnell's portrayal of Robin. It's, okay. not, it's not funny enough. It's too, like, macho. It kind of brings the energy down where it could have been even campier and even more boyish and fun. Yeah, well, I think that leads into sort of your yeah. first point of defense, which is uh, the cast of this movie. Cast is amazing. Not o not only this is the only Batman movie where Batman doesn't get top building. No, really. actually, the it's first like, the first one, Jack Nicholson oh, also got, it, got, got it. top building oh, over. God. But yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger is actually the, t the top build yeah. person in the Batman movie, despite not being Batman. It's so great. And all right, so. Arnold is freeze. Like, I was really nervous about this because I felt like I might just devolve into a huge Arnold impression for 45 minutes, but there's room for that later. But great. I mean, like, if you're going to do Mr. Freeze, you can't do the animated series version because that was very well done. Perfect. Very dour, very dour. serious. I mean, it's a complex character that you, like, feel bad for and sympathetic. Even in this movie, it, like, yeah. tries. It's, like, probably the emotional thing that might work the best out of anything, which it's still, uh, but hey. Arnold all-time hero in movies for me like I've just always been an Arnold guy Terminator 2 Commando oh my god but like yeah to see him play my favorite Batman villain as a child it was just the wheelhouse it's, it, it's, it's the best it's it's um it really that's that's definitely my my number one like draw is all the Arnold uh, puns mm -hmm. now number two you got Uma Thurman in there doing Barbara Stanwyck and it's this whole like oh Batman like it's just yeah it's she has a very weird like accent that she's going yeah. for this whole thing where I'm like it's sort of like old timey and sort of like you know it seems a lot of this movie if you think of this movie as more of a sequel to the Adam West Batman series I think it works a lot better in sort of those campy weird terms where you're like this is a cartoony movie not trying it's the antithesis of like again the Robert Pattinson like grim Batman well yeah and like the thing too is like um, that's the, the, that's one of the things I loved about um, just like Batman in general as a kid is that it is so boom pow but it also like if you let it be so boom pow on the surface it like the heart kind of creeps up on you whereas like even in the Dark Knight there's a lot of like heavy stuff going on and it's really great movie but it still feels like you can't really it's almost the emotional availability of Batman is further away because it's so dour and it's so like, what is society? You know, like maybe we do need to little let it burn. It's like you can't really sit there and get sad about Alfred or you can't really, you know, right. you, the love interests, all of it. It's kind of a little sacrificed for this just grit. And mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I'm a softy. I want some some candy and some yeah you know. And as you're saying, like Uma Thurman in, I think m most people that I know that I talk about this like like Uma Thurman the best out oh, of anything yeah. in this movie she's like at least matching the like tone of having like fun but it's not as much like cringy stuff as like maybe Mr. Freeze depending on your taste yeah which we'll get to a little bit later but um you know there there are some weird things where she like emerges like and knows all her things immediately where she like comes up 
to the mad scientist <laughs> who like tried to kill her. And then she's like, oh, you know what? Um, my skin is aloe and my blood is chlorophyll and I have venom in my lips. It's like, you were just, <laughs> how do you know? I mean, you're a scientist, but yeah. it's just like internally, did the plants tell you? I don't. Yeah, she she's one with the plants. Yeah. And, you know, that's another thing, like another point of defense. They couldn't do this now where you just had a, such a big project where you let somebody, one of the biggest stars in Hollywood come and just do whatever the hell they wanted. Like with yeah. both Arnold and Uma, they're both doing insane stuff. And you know that if that were like Scarlett Johansson and Christian Bale in the new Thor movie, there's going to be some like bumpers on that. Right. Game, there, there's you know? very little. It looks like they kind of just went like there's a sexy gorilla strip at one point in this movie where uh, there's a big, you know, there's like 12 <laughs> fundraisers in this movie. It feels like where Bruce Wayne or and one and they're not even all Bruce Wayne. Like one, it's like a fundraiser and here's Batman and Robin at the fundraiser yeah. just like, <laughs> like in full costume. And uh, yeah, there's it's kind of. It will get touch on the set design. It's sort of this like racist jungle party that they're having, which is yeah. a little weird. But um, at one point, there's Uma Thurman in the gorilla suit, and she just starts like stripping off in her like poison ivy outfit, and she's yeah. blowing her pheromones everywhere. So everybody's like really into this yeah, uh, woman stripping out of a gorilla suit. And it's in the midst of an auction where they're like selling women who are also like, yeah, it's like one of those plans. dating things. Yeah, yeah. It's like, Oh, I'll bid 40,000 for the white orchid. Oh, I'll bid, bid 50,000 for, th and they never yeah. bid on the same person, but they no, keep raising just the like bid. single bid. Like, I want to pay 50,000 for the other one. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very, rad. it's a very strange thing, but you know, she's a sweet little eco terrorist. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. And then, I mean, also, there's the principles in this cast. Oh, yeah. George Clooney. Amazing. I mean, like, I, I think he, he sells it because it is very just all charm. No, like, there's, you know, he just shows up at these fundraisers and he's he's a very empty guy. He is Batman more than he's Bruce Wayne. And that's a very big thing for me, I think. Right. There's like Keaton is definitely a really good Bruce Wayne and he's a really good Batman, but. There's something about Clooney where, and I, I guess it is. It does seem like maybe they're protect, protecting him a little bit. Yeah, it's, it, he doesn't have. This do and, and I mean, this was sort of like his first big like post like ER film role. So it was sort of him branching out. Even Uma Thurman, this was one of her. You know, she had some, but she hasn't. It wasn't like the greatest. She yeah, she hadn't been like, like superstar like frontlined in as many movies as you would think probably by this time. And yeah, I, I remember reading in a bunch of reviews, they're like, wait, was this cast? Yes, please come have donuts. Interruption. Uh, this is makes no sense Everybody to the readers, but come get some. I mean, readers, what am I? I might be a journalist in my spare time. Um, but uh, yeah, it's my secret identity. Um, yeah, the a bunch of the reviews talked about how like, they were only casting Batman because of like his chin, <laughs> just like all these actors, because it was also such a stiff suit oh, back yeah. then. And and the, the one of the contentions of this movie, which it showed up a lot too, is that his bat suit has nipples on it. See, uh, all right, this isn't as big of a deal for me. Um, I don't know. Maybe I just grew up that way. Maybe I just grew up. Batman had nipples, but uh, I've I've. I'm, I know I don't know if this is true or not, but I feel like Val Kilmer had nipples too and doesn't get as much shit for I don't it. Know. So yeah, I didn't. I didn't uh, do a nipple check. Yeah. Um, I'm not doing the Robert Downey <laughs> Jr. like I have nipples. Can you milk me, Greg? Oh kind of God. thing. Um, Robert Downey Jr. Jeez, that's not <laughs> right at all. De Niro, Robert yeah. De Niro. 
Man. Oh my God. Live podcast, everybody. It's fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you were saying Chris O'Donnell's sort of the weak spot for you. I, I think so. Like, all right. So my dream casting would have been like Seth Green, like Austin Powers era, Seth Green <laughs> as Robin. Like, wouldn't that be a be- a much better tone to have him like as, cause also like him and, uh, George Clooney become like romantic rivals for poison. Ivy. Yeah. And it's just like, this guy sucks. Like, yeah, like, you, you, you know, there's, you don't really on board. He just seems kind of whiny, but like, he's also like too old to be whiny. He's, he's really old. He's a really old orphan. And yes. that's like his whole story arc. And he's really buff. And it's just like, they both have the same haircut, which that's the only other thing that I'm really against mm. is Clooney's haircut in this movie. They both have that weird, like the Caesar yeah. type buzz thing. Yeah, the so 90s, man. It's a little too macho, like, whereas the rest of the movie could have kind of leaned into this kind of silly thing where, uh, I don't know, I, th- I think that Chris O'Donnell is just not uh, not your guy. Yeah, and, and Alicia Silverstone is kind of, it's a little weird because she's, like, supposed to be English and has absolutely no accent. Um, yeah, I, okay. But I, it's also, I'm, I'm okay with that in a comic book movie, I think, more than if it was a... Uh, period see i read it i read into it as like alfred and his family's been in america for a while that's his brother's kid and then like she went to his school and like she's going to england then she gets kicked out for uh being a motorcycle racer yeah which is just the best way to get kicked out of car like in a right and there's also weird like half the time he chris o'donnell's like hitting on her and then like they're also like, like Part of it, like, like you're part of our family, but also like I'm checking you out every single time I can. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's rough. Very um, weird vibes. Yeah, Alicia Silverstone, though. I mean, yeah, first it was, crush. You know, that was this. Hey, I mean, that's an okay first movie, crush. Yeah, I mean, that was again. You were three months old when this came yeah. out, so <laughs> uh, you know, it's not uh, anything anything to be sad about. <laughs> There's also some weird cameos. Well, before we move on to the next point, oh, uh, yeah. Coolio plays a motorcycle like rate the guy in the boss sort of in yeah. charge of these like underground motorcycle things it's like a again a 30 second like thing but it's just like i think that's coolio yeah yeah that was that was my thought as well because i like he doesn't do anything except like maybe like kind of enter alicia silverstone into the yeah she's like she gets in and he's like all right yeah you're you're, you're up now or whatever and that's basically all coolio does but and also yeah and also jesse ventura plays a Prison guard, one of the prison guards. I was wondering who yeah. that was. It looked it so was familiar. Jesse okay. the Body Ventura, oh the pro wrestler slash former governor of Minnesota, uh, is one of the people that Poison Ivy kisses to death. Yeah. Um, oh my god. So you know, there's some weird weird things in here, but uh, yeah, is there anything else you wanted to hit on on cast? Um, the guy who plays Alfred, I feel bad because I am not naming him by name, but he. Uh, Definitely, it, like whenever I said he's the heart and the soul of this franchise, I really do think he brings this movie together and he kind of makes everybody's kind of like emotional like resonance kind of like even out a little bit. It's like literally the only thing holding this movie together. And um, there's the fact that Freeze and him have this, Freeze's wife and him have the same disease. And um, yeah, no, I, I just, I think he's he's really, really good. And they wouldn't have put him in all four of these if, if uh, he wasn't just yeah. charming as all get out. It's Michael Goh. Michael Goh. Michael I've seen him in some Gio. old, like, uh, uh, Powell and Pressburger movies mm-hmm. where he's like, like the small black room or the small back room. And it's like he's young and it's like, whoa. But it is weird when you like grow up and you're like seeing the people who are like always old yeah. in movies and you're like, oh, right. They were doing that before. Yeah. I mean, Michael Caine's kind of the same way. Yeah, for Michael Caine. Michael Caine. 
Um, All right. The yes. Impressions so are coming out. we're not comedians here. It's a musician <laughs> and a bad <laughs> podcaster. Uh, anyway, uh, so we should probably move on to our second point, which is the production design. Yeah. Oh, fun fact. Did, did Kate tell you that her aunt worked on costumes on, the sh- on this no. movie? Yeah. She messaged me. So uh, one of my friends, Kate, uh, she's in this band. Uh, Jobber, Jobber they're fucking rad. We did an episode with Jobber on Hackers recently, the uh, 1990-something uh, cybercrime teen movie, which is yeah. very fun, if you want to check that out. Yeah, well, anyways, she did uh, apparently did costumes on this, The Wedding Singer, and Never Been Kissed. So that's a pretty good little s- nice. slate of costume design. But, yeah, all right, the thing... I, I'd go further. There's so it definitely has a lot of inspiration from the Adam West Batman. But if any of you are like horror movie fans and know about Jalo films, uh, like the Bird with the Crystal Plumage, all the Dario Argento, Mario Bava stuff, Mario Bava made this movie Danger Diabolic, and it's one of the coolest cult films you'll ever see. The Beastie Boys took it and inserted themselves into it to make the body moving video. Okay. And it looks just like this. The Batcave with the neon and everything, it's ripped straight from Danger Diabolic. Because Danger Diabolic's kind of like a weird, like, aggressive, like, adult version of Batman for Italian audiences. So it's like, re- like a lot of, like, nudity and, like, violence and people are chopping each other's heads off. It's Fun. a rad movie. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so like, I think it actually like really nails a lot of the weird stuff that, like, I mean, the bat nipples. I that's uh, that, that point. Take, yeah, yeah, that, that point. Like, if that really is why you don't like this movie, I, I, it's very basic. It's your yeah, I mean, prude, I right? think one of the things that was mentioned and it, I, it sort of came up in some of the reviews is that apparently it was like the budget with it was like, oh, it's basically like $2 million for like a second of this movie, which, uh, or for like the special effects at least, which they're not, you know, they hold up relatively good considering um, the like exteriors because all the exteriors are just like these grand, you know, buildings in Gotham or these huge like statues that go across roads and highways and things like that. Just absurd comic book uh, design. And then, you know, again, s- there's so much color in this movie. I think that even if you don't like it, it's at least trying for that like cartoonish comic book splash page color. Yeah, and it's like it might be the kind of thing where like they designed a lot of the toys before they designed like like 90% of these sets could be play sets, and it's so cool. Yeah, <laughs> like, I love it. Um, and yeah, some of the things seem like oh, this is. It's clearly like, again, you want this in a movie, but it's just like, why does it have an over in the Batcave? Why are there like overhead views where it's like you can see the Batman? Who is this for other than this is poor design? I know you have all the money in the world, uh, Bruce Wayne, but, you know, it's it's all over the top. And, you know, I think the over to the top tone gets really set in that first uh, battle. Like basically the movie starts off. It starts off and they're just a bunch of crotch shots of them like yep. putting on the bat suits and stuff like that. It's just like hard leather, like, like butts, bah, crotch, bah, here's bad nipples. And then they like hop in the car and immediately go to fight Mr. Freeze for the first time. And it's in a museum and he's just like frozen the museum. Yeah. So it becomes basically like Batman on ice. Oh, it, it really does. I mean, they're, they're, at one point they're sliding down a giant stegosaur or a brachiosaurus. And they're like, yeah. you know, like there's a lot of like fake ice surfing in this movie. There's a lot um, of fake and it's surfing. it's really good. There's, um, uh, th- I think they call it 
they're fighting the goons and they call them the hockey team from hell. The hockey team from yeah. hell. Yeah. And it's uh it's just like a lot. Even some of the things are, you know, again, comic book absurdity. One of the guys gets thrown into like one of the panels at the museum and sparks fly. <laughs> Rad. Sparks. <laughs> uh, and then there's so much like again, it's it's it depends on your line. So you like all you sort of like the production design. There's also other things where it's just like, oh, obviously this is like what people rebelled against. Like a lot of times Bane is just like in disguise. He's this huge buff oh my guy. God, that's the best and he's part. just like in a fedora and he's got like <laughs> like, like a mask on. He's got like his venom pumping yeah. into his thing, but he's just like, if I wear this fedora and a trench coat, yeah. I will be inconspicuous. Yeah, it's just a my chauffeur. Screen, my skin is green. He's a, it's, and he's giant and like the, the there's in that same scene where Poison Ivy like strips out of her gorilla suit you just see Bane like kind of lazily in the gorilla suit as well just like skulking around it's so funny I mean like the thing is like they know that Bane is funny because like it's like she'll go on some big long monologue where she's doing the like voice and then he'll like hatch, hang on to one word like Bat. And then it's like boot, and you'll just like you know carry on, and then he'll say it like four times and trail off into the next scene. It's it's a good punchline. That that actually like legitimately whoever did that 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 bit of writing I like has mm-hmm. <laughs> because also like in the comics he's he's more of like a giant luchador than he is some like rev gorilla warfare guy right. like in Dark Knight Rises, which I love that too. Like I love the Tom Hardy stuff, but um, yeah, no, I, I prefer Bane to be just like. A big brooding, just Hulk. like a just like a Hulk almost. Like yeah, Hulk like tank, <laughs> tank, just evil tank, Hulk. Um, yeah, is there other things in the production design you wanted to? Um, all of the all of the ice stuff is sick. I mean, just yeah, all I mean, Freeze has his own layer. He's, he's got he hides his wife behind like a frozen dinner. Yeah, he's got you, <laughs> you, know, you have like, to like pull out do a the panel and tap. Um, yeah, it's like a little kid's cuisine that they like pull out and then it's like his wife's hidden back there and it's like a big moment of like detective work is that Batman like pulls the (laughs) nose to pull the little, the world's greatest detective. Yeah. Um, but you know, like all of the suits I really love. I love that like they, it's just, it's, it's colorful, but it's in this kind of dark way. And like, like, like the Batman suits are very muted, like purple whatever but there's all of these crazy like rob zombie extras as bad guys that yeah. don't have any like they're not affiliated with mr freeze they're like either a biker gang or they're just like a random other gang that people st- stumble upon that stuff i think is still pretty sick like like yeah, the neon gang that poison ivy finds and they're like hello pretty 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 it's yeah kinda creepy. It's, it's sort like of good. like yeah it's sort of there's seems to be like a warriors like thing in yeah. Gotham where it's just like oh there's just a bunch of bands of there's one thing that it's just like the druids from Clockwork Orange like yeah. straight up yeah, is just like hanging out at the like motorcycle race yeah that's they they get the b- motorcycle race i mean the set design for that is just so sick i mean all of these yeah it's like mario kart for the warriors and it's yeah. just it's awesome um, yeah the a lot of the um a lot of the big statues i'm really a sucker for cuz it always ends up some ice has been shot somewhere and everybody's sliding around on this giant dude's muscle and you're like, whoa, that's pretty great. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think, like, I think we, I mean, we pretty much tackled a lot of it. Well, then we should probably move into the third point because, again, 45-minute mm-hmm. podcast. Uh, the campy comedy is your third defense, which I think is going to be one that people either go one way or the other on. Oh, yeah. I mean, I 
uh, me and my girlfriend watched it, and she referred to it kind of as like somebody taking a cheese grater to your brain, like, <laughs> <laughs> and like that was like kind of how uh, I think I've just been like shredded cheese since 1997, I guess. But um, that's like definitely one of my big upsells because like the movie before it, you got Jim Carrey as the Riddler, and you got Two Face, and Two Face is kind of like Tommy Lee Jones is Tommy, Two-Face. yeah, Tommy Lee Jones is Two Face. Tommy Lee Jones is camping it up. But he and he's got all the one-liners too, like Mr. Freeze, and then you know, like he comes into it. He's already two-faced. Like you come into this, it's already Mr. Freeze. Right. And Jim Carrey's kind of doing the Poison Ivy transformation thing, and they both are like they sell it a little bit more. It's a little bit more grounded, but it's not as much fun. And I love just taking something that's supposed to be fun. Like if you're gonna do something stupid, and like why not do it as big as possible and as much fun as you can and that's kind of how I feel about this movie is it's they really kind of did everything they were kind of like leaving breadcrumbs for for all because if you watch the the Jack Nicholson Joker there's a lot of scenes of him just walking around a prince destroying stuff and it's like doesn't further the plot at all it's just like they had the budget to have a prince song and Jack Nicholson let's just yeah let's just improv this little scene where Joker's destroying a museum but like it feels like they kind of got all of the DNA of that and just got so much like lean, beefy crap for this movie where it's always the camera's always moving, something's always happening, even if it's not very clear what it is. Mm-hmm. It's it's entertaining for yeah. So to set up the comedy tone of this, literally the first line in the movie is they're in the Batcave and Robin goes, "I want a car. the Batmobile comes out." Robin's like. I want a car. Chicks dig the car. And Batman replies, this is why Superman works alone. So that's the kind of humor you're going to go on. Yeah. Mr. Freeze, as it's probably maybe the most famous thing about this, is all he does is make kind of terrible ice puns. According to IMDb, there's 27. I couldn't bring myself to count them all. Um, But it's just like, uh, you know, chill out or time to get iced. That's my favorite one. That's like the best because it's like, what? (laughs) Yeah, there's things that don't make sense. There's uh, at one point and I'll just uh, (laughs) to escape initially in the very first time that they're fighting Batman and Robin, Mr. Freeze goes into a rocket ship for some reason. (laughs) Working rocket ship. Working rocket ship. Batman and Robin. Batman hops inside. Robin's on the outside. It shoots up, and then like Mr. Freeze apparently knew this was going to happen. <laughs> so it's like actually I have a different mode of escape. I just wanted you in this spaceship to like blow up and like kill a bunch of people. And the Batman and Robin get out of this, and they like surf in the air down on like the blown off doors of a spaceship. And Robin literally says, Cowabunga. Yeah. Cowabunga. Oh, man. And it's just like, what? This is, you know, well after like Ninja Turtles, Bart Simpson, anything. It's just like 1997, Cowabunga <laughs> to uh, establish this character. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, they're trying to make him so broy. That's the thing. Yeah. Is, like, they really lean in. Like, from the chick stick, you don't like Robin. No, I'm don't not a big fan of Robin. That's that's the only that's the only point. I I haven't seen anybody really hammer down on this as the main problem with this movie because there are bigger, more glaring things that would take your eyes off of how bad Robin <laughs> is. In this movie. Um, 
but yeah, like, and the 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 sky surfing thing is like, what the hell is, is going this? on? Just, just like it's it's just like every you know like the '90s thing of everything has to be like a little bit X gamey, oh. you know? Oh yeah, I guess like, that's probably what that's yeah. probably what it is. Yeah. Um, you're too young to know this, Curtis. <laughs> I'm like, In the oh, '90s, yeah. there was this thing called extreme sports. <laughs> Um, but yeah, also the tone of the thing, like, it's just like some of the scenes are absolutely ridiculous. There's a scene where Mr. Freeze is in Mr. Freeze's lair and he's got just a bunch of TVs on and he's trying to get all his frozen minions to sing the Mr. Snow Miser song. Yeah. You know, I'm Mr. White Christmas, like from the, like Rudolph specials. That yeah. Was. The, yeah. The yeah. And they're just like. This is just going to take a minute or two of the movie is we're going to have the Snow Miser song playing. Oh, I love it so much because it's also like with the Clockwork Orange thing. That's those are two titles that Warner Brothers owns and clearly just wanted to shoehorn in somehow. Like for like because I remember whenever I would watch this on VHS, they always had the snow like the hall. What is it? Uh, something in Bass. The like oh, Rankin and Bass. Rankin and Bass. Like, yeah, they had all of those collections for sale at the time this movie was coming out right so it's like this like uh what's this uh synergy or whatever yeah corporate synergy corporate synergy like yeah. the like the new um space jam movie with lebron james where it's like oh <laughs> we're gonna cram every single wb property yeah. into this they got um, clockwork orange in there too yeah it's insane uh, there's clockwork orange in the most recent space jam movie fyi oh, take your kids yeah um a couple more things uh just to their funny points to you know of the humor that you're either going to buy or not first they have the zaniest sound effects sometimes it's like boing when somebody like hits it's just yeah. like not all the time though some of the time <laughs> yeah it's like the there's also a scene when when we were talking about they're bidding for poison ivy and it becomes a bid between batman and robin who are again at this charity function in their things in their like suits and it's just like wait does batman have money you know like i yeah. don't think it's a very <laughs> strange thing they're bidding millions of dollars and eventually batman trumps robin by taking out a batman credit card and it's like never leave home without it and he's like gonna charge seven million dollars <laughs> who issues the batman credit card bruce wayne just can like go get um Billions from the bank. Yeah, there's there's really no. I mean, there's no way that's not like mm -hmm. fraud on some yeah, level. Yeah, for sure. Like, <laughs> I mean, as we all know, billionaires never cheat financial rules. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Wayne is a great person. Yeah. Uh, for sure. For yeah, sure. Just um, a, a humble <laughs> weapons mercenary. Yeah. Or, you know. Just beats up uh, common people who are down on their luck. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> um, Anyway, uh, so we're probably running out of time here, so we'll get to the junk drawer. Just uh, at the end of episodes, we usually do a junk drawer to have any thoughts that didn't sort of fit into defense points. Are there anything you wanted to hit before we uh, get out of here? Um, my favorite comedy moment has to be whenever um, Poison Ivy seduces Commissioner Gordon, and, he, and then she's like, actually, never mind. You're too old for me. And he's like, I'm not. <laughs> it's just the best moment. It's like, I don't know if they knew how funny that was. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm sure somebody did, but it, it doesn't get the like time to get iced level of, of uh, attention that it deserves. Right. Yeah. If um, you're looking for quotes, there's, yeah. I mean, again, there's compilations out there. You can yeah. just have a fun time going down. Maybe you're enjoying them. Maybe you're cringing. It's uh, 
you know, pretty good time. Um, there's a few things that just like stuck out to me. One, this movie just doesn't have enough action scenes, really. Yeah. Like there's not a lot of like hand to hand combat. And when it does, there's like very weird physics. Like they just like sort of float when they yeah, jump. Uh, that's very strange, especially when, you know, in the more modern superhero era where you're like, oh, yeah, I'm used to even, you know, in Shang-Chi. It's like, oh, here's some awesome martial arts for like a while. And it's just like Batman. I think it's probably partially because the suits are so big and clunky that they're just like, we can't really do stunts in these. Yeah. Um, it's all close up to like all of those weird physics moments where it's like the camera's moving and it's like, every, yeah, everyone's across the room. There's not a lot of wide action, like real right. fighting going on. Yeah. But... The hockey stuff. I'll Speaking of the hockey stuff, at the they're in the scene and it's frozen in the museum. Batman and Robin both just like click their heels and skates come out. Yep. Which is just like, wait, how often are you fighting on ice? It seems like you would accidentally click your heels <laughs> when you're fighting and then all of a sudden just be like having to fight in the streets yeah. of Gotham on like single blades a lot of the time. The best part is this is the first time they've encountered Mr. Freeze. Yes. Like, they didn't so even know they were going. They got in the car and Commissioner Gordon's like, there's a new guy calling himself <laughs> Mr. Villain. Freeze. It's like, well, luckily I had on my ice skate suit. Um, you know, a couple other fun like 90s things like they do the passwords. Like Alicia oh, yeah. Silverstone is trying to crack into the disc for the uh, to figure out uh, Alfred's secrets and she's just literally like entering in words like it names yeah, it's just like London London <laughs> Alfred all the stuff she knows about her uncle yeah like and it's just like oh yeah and the password was just like his nickname for her yeah it was uh, his her mom's nickname yeah. was like and it's literally sitting right there and he's like oh Peggy of course and it's like, so then, then, it, then it cuts to him like, I knew you'd figure this out. It's yeah. time for you to become Batgirl based on that alone. <laughs> it's amazing. So Low bar of entry yeah, to be I mean, a Batgirl. Uh, it's nepotism at yeah. its finest. She's a nepo baby for sure. Yeah. Uh, and also, again, one last thing on the action. Bane goes down like such a chump in this movie. Literally oh, yeah. all they do, like he's got <laughs> both bat, he's got both Robin and Batgirl like pinned against the wall and they just like swat at his like cords that are feeding him venom and they're just like, well, he's defeated now. He shrinks back down to little ti- little guy. It's so great. He's like, ah, like toward the end, like he's laying on the ground like in a pool of his own tininess. I don't know. It's, I don't know. it's awesome. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to get before we get out of here? Um, you know, I, I think the, it, it does have an emotion. Like, I feel like I get invested in this movie. I do. Um, now, there is some weird, like, the, the physics. And there, I can take a lot of the slings and arrows of the critics, but... I mean, this movie just has heart. I love it. And yeah, um, that's, that's kind of like what we're here for. Fun, we just want people you know? to, uh, you know, enjoy the things that they enjoy. Um, so before we get out here, um, is there anything you want to plug? Um, 640 at the Hound Lot, um, old Greyhound Station. It's very cool. We're um, pointing in a direction for those listening. I think it's that way. I hope. It's that way. Yeah, it's that. It's the furthest that way you can go, I think, on yeah. the map. So of the top left corner on your yeah, map. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, we're and we're going to be uh, releasing a new album June 23rd, uh, Chaos County Line on El Camino Media. So yeah. thank you guys so much for coming out. And Skating Poly Bandcamp, probably? Uh, skating Poly Official Bandcamp. Ooh. We have... Uh, beef with the old skating poly oh. band camp because we forgot the password so um <laughs> good times yeah um yeah uh just for the podcast um uh feel free to follow us you know you can just pull up your pod uh enter it 
follow us. We don't do, by the way, I will state we don't, we're not like a weekly podcast or anything. It's whenever I get it. Sometimes there's two in a week. Sometimes there's two in six months. So I'm not cramming your podcast feed with like, oh my gosh, when you get that like pod overload and it's like, oh my gosh, I have 12 hours of things to listen to this week. Um, So check that out. Uh, I'm uh, at Seth Sommerfeld. Uh, Follow me. I write for the Inlander in Spokane and stuff. So I'll be writing some recap coverage of this. If you want some other episodes, as we mentioned, Jobber was on a prior one. Um, I did an episode with Itchy Kitty, who played uh, yesterday. They're a great Spokane band. Um, We did an episode on Across the Universe, the Beatles musical. Um, And it's actually like the most, the episode where it means the most to the person. Like, not just like, this is fun. It's like, this helped me find my sexuality and start singing and like lots of things. And also it's the only episode where the guest was like, I want this whole cast to run a train on me. So uh, with that said, uh, thank you for coming on again, Curtis. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Follow us on socials. It's everyone is wrong. A lot of different places. You can figure it out. And remember, even if everyone else mocks it, love the stuff you love. (laughs) 